coffee today and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 aficionados, welcome back to 90210 with Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, excuse me, retrospective series. I'm JT and joining me as always on this journey through time is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? Mm, JT, I am ready to party like a party fish, the grunion. Uh, boy, <laughs> that's that's a lot to unpack with this episode, but uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, taking it apart and... We've got a good returning champion once again, returning guest. We do, we do, and I will say I, I had no memory of this episode, so rewatching None it, I was whatsoever. like, "Oh, okay, yeah. this is interesting." And Same. this is our twenty-fourth episode of the podcast, which is exciting. It's the second where we're solely on our own feed here, bh nine hundred two one zero nine hundred two one noso podbean dot com. So that's exciting. And joining us as always is our third is a third member and tonight's guest, like you mentioned, Tim. It uh, has been with us before, I think a couple times, right? Or just uh, one? No, no, a couple, couple times. One, two? Uh, the, one. The, the one time, because this is a delay. Right. You, you've, yeah. You're supposed to have been on like three times. And yes. It's been, yeah, yeah I, 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 should, I shit the bed on you guys. I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Sean Kidd, how are you? I am great, guys. It's great to be back here. Um, I love 90210. And to your point, I don't remember this episode. The uh, title, The Party Fish, is very interesting. And <laughs> yes. uh, we are in my wheelhouse now because for me, the Beach Club, for me, is the official kickoff to the 90210 journey that I know and love. So very happy to be here tonight. And it's like, you know, the three of us are pretty big fans of the show. So for all three of us to not really have a memory of this episode is pretty impressive. Well, and for really me especially, because I graduated high school, like, I'm the same age as these people in the show are supposed to be at the time I'm watching this. So this is literally a month after I graduated high school in 1991. So for me, if anyone, I should know this episode. So I don't. So it's very interesting to watch it today. And yeah, <laughs> it was. And we're going to dive all the way in to season two, episode two, number 24 overall in the series, The Party Fish. Original air date, July 18th, 1991. Uh, definitely a bit of a dip in audience, Tim. We talked about this in our last episode. Uh, the premiere hit 19 million viewers. This is at 16, so they did lose some momentum off the return. Uh, but yeah. they bounced back for the next one. So I think it, it looks to be no real pattern to these summer episodes, looking at these ratings. Um, I think summer's is busy. <laughs> like, yeah, like it was definitely rolled the dice. Yeah. Yeah, it was a roll of the dice to to do this, and I think it was successful in the end. But I do think the ebb and flow just shows that, yeah, exactly. It's summer can be volatile, right? Like one weekend you're on vacation, one weekend you might be at the beach, and one weekend you're home. You know, so it's like it, you could just be all over the place during your summer. So um, I think we see that here as the numbers pretty much go almost up and down every week. And you got to figure when people aren't out doing something otherwise occupied, they probably appreciate having the opportunity to watch some first run television, even if it's a show that they didn't perhaps get into in the first season. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, let's just check this out. It's not like there's anything else on um, original right now. Everything's in right. reruns. 
Um, so let's just see how this is. So they can kind of get away with throwing out an episode that's not the best in the world because it's it's really buoyed by the fact that um, they're doing something that that no other network really is. So it's well, um, I, it's no, a strategy that it, it's quite shrewd, and we talked about in our last episode. Yeah, for me, it, what's amazing is the 19 million, 16 million. Put that in context of what it, if a show got 16 million today, it'd be the best show that's on anywhere. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's incredible, and knowing the history and the journey of this show not being thought of very great to where they're at, 19 and 16 million. That's pretty freaking amazing, even at that number. And this is from somebody, by the way, I will tell you the cult following is really good because this was a time for me where, I mean, everyone, I mean, people that know me know, I always joke about, I don't do athlete, I don't do like sports and stuff. But back then, and I was playing volleyball pretty heavily, uh, the 90210 night for me, volleyball needed to be over because I was not missing it. So for some context, as a hardcore fan, I didn't care what I was doing. I was watching it. So, it's, but those numbers are amazing. 16 million even is just incredible if you think about it in today's numbers. Oh, it's yeah. Amazing. So, good stuff. And, and for, for the summer and for a show that was a little up and down early on, um, and they continue. They they pretty much, if you look forward, they're between like 14 and 19 regularly. So, it just it's a lot of ebb and flow with this show, even in the future. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. So, let's dive into the party fish Brandon's having breakfast with Jim, and he's already burned out after one week on the job at the beach club. Uh, Jim basically says, like, you've only been there a week. You're already dead. And uh, he says, it's been the hardest job of my life. Jim says, this is being at the beach. And Brandon defends what he does. He's like, I'm working hard, man. I'm doing a lot for these guys. Uh, and Jim says, you get what you paid for in this world. And Brandon says, maybe if Jim paid for half the car, he could quit and actually have a real summer. And Jim basically gives the Willy Wonka a good day, sir. Uh, and he walks off. Um we, we go to the beach club and two old guys are playing tennis and they're fighting over whether a ball was in or out. And Brandon settles a dispute and he says it was in. And the winner brags. He's celebrating. Uh, a cocktail waitress comes over and she kind of, I don't want to say talk some shit, but she's kind of flirting a little bit and, and playing a little rough verbally. Uh, but then she does say that Brandon's cute. And we find out that the guy who won is named Mr. Jerry Radinger. At first, uh, Radinger thanks Henry Thomas, the, uh, beach club uh, manager of course and when brandon hears the last name he puts two and two together and says you jerry radinger and he says yes he's a sports promoter jerry radinger and he says i'm jim walsh's son uh, i think you know him you work together or you know he's on his account or whatever um and he basically says i won't hold it against you uh, so sean what do you think of these first couple scenes kind of establishing brandon's already maybe grinding a bit at the beach club and then meeting uh, mr radinger here so as someone that was actually working for a living at this point in time um and actually still at the same job that he was working at at this particular time um <laughs> brandon uh the first thing i thought of was man what a tough life for brandon working at the beach club i mean like literally if i were to go to work at a beach club I don't think I'd be complaining about what a tough life I have. And then also imagine wanting your parents to pay for a Mustang for you. Like this kid's from Minnesota, but now that he's in California, he's totally embracing this life of, oh, wow, well, I deserve a Mustang. Well, you wouldn't need a Mustang if you didn't wreck it at the beginning with you, dumbass. And it's like, well, it is a, it is yeah. a used Mustang, at least. It's not a new one. I, I know, but he, he doesn't have a car because it's his own right. fault. Yeah. Right. And then what I did appreciate was Papa Jim no selling them and basically, you know, in not verbally, but in facials telling them, you know what, go piss off and go to work. You ain't getting shit from me. I thought that was amazing. Well, now, the one thing I will say is, and I'm going to defend Brandon's work ethic a little bit here. 
he is dealing with, as we can see, the people of Ratinger's right? The Beverly Hills of <laughs> He's dealing with the old people, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah, easy, yeah. right? I mean, you're yeah. getting barked at a lot, yeah. you're getting pushed around a lot, and you got to kind of smile and yes it. And it's a lot of spoiled people, right, that are used to being pretty entitled. All right, um, so that's fair. I can see why that may be grinding him a bit already. Is like he's just playing fetch for all these older rich people. Well, customer service in general is the worst, but yeah, the entitled people are definitely the worst. So I, I will, I will give you that. Uh, the second thing I thought was funny, and I brought this up before recording. The last episode I was on was the uh, teenage, pre- the girl that had the baby that he had fell mm-hmm. for. And I feel like, oh, wow, here we go. Here comes the rando girl of the week that Brandon's going to fall for. And they immediately jump right into it. Uh, they introduce Radiger, so you know he's going to be involved somehow. But um, just randomly, I love how this girl just calls Brandon cute on their initial interaction. Because I don't think in never my history of just randomly meeting a girl. She said, oh, you're cute. And that flirtatious nature just happened out of the gate. And then the other well, thing. Is that a you thing, though? Or is it like a I don't know. Does that? that typically happen? Has that happened to you, too? <laughs> I mean, have you literally had oh, a girl yeah, tell you you're cute? On inter- okay. So, well. All, all the time. Clearly, you guys have have better chill than I do, because that's never happened to me. Um, and then the other I thing. Mean, I mean, it may like, just be Tim telling me I'm cute weekly, but that's. Well, you know, it still counts. At, at least it happens. And then. Something um, like that, yeah. The one, the one aspect of this that I felt was reality uh, was the boss uh, kissing a customer's ass because that's what you did. And that little wink there by the boss was like, hey, make sure you kiss this guy's ass. He's our customer. That's a little dose of reality. But that's my take on the first part of this. Yeah, um, I, I think my big takeaway here is that Brandon mentions he well, Jim kind of gives him shit about it. He's only been on the job for a week. Um, so we're basically seeing the show take place in real time, right? He just, he literally just got the job in our last episode a week ago since, you know, the, the season premiere. So it's like, I, I wonder if that's a trend that's going to continue throughout this summer season. I feel like it kind of has to, right? Because we've got what, seven or eight episodes set during the summer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think it's going to feel like it takes place sort of in real time as if we were watching the show, uh, week to week and just checking in on these these characters where they're at in their lives um and that's a that's a neat little conceit um and i don't think we really see that very often in shows like this so i want to keep an eye on that for sure um i'm also a little bit confused about brandon's overall just transportation situation he's he's talking about trying to get you know this used mustang but we've seen him driving uh, since that accident with the whole, you know, well, I the, think he's just taking the family car, right? Well, that's what I'm wondering is, do they have like an extra car that he's just, it's not his well, car. He doesn't go anywhere. I guess maybe yeah. Jim has one and then they have the station wagon or whatever, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, cause he does mention later in the episode that, that Mondale was totaled. Yes. Like, Mondale's dead. Yeah. yeah. Mondale's long so. <laughs> I think he's been taking the bus, too. Doesn't he mention the bus at some point on this or something? Or did I mess that up? Uh, I don't know. He did did mention the bus at one point in this, yes. We have seen him him drive since, I mean, quite a few times since then. So I'm like, I know he wants a new vehicle. I think it's Cindy's car is my guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, um, yeah, he's continuing to pester Jim about that, uh, which, you know, that had come up at least one other time. In a past episode so um i don't know i kind of like jim no selling all this it's yes. it, it's very jim but it's, <laughs> it's great you know i love it fitting yep. yeah all right so dylan comes in from surfing uh he's complaining about the waves 
Uh, but he mentions to Brandon that Henry Thomas is cool because he lets Dylan keep his board there, even though his dad no longer belongs to the club. Uh, he still kind of allows him to hang around. Brandon basically tells Dylan he's kind of hot for Sandy, who's the cocktail waitress, and tells Dylan that, you know, they're just friends, or, or they're still friends, him and Dylan are, uh, despite what happened with Dylan and Brenda. Dylan kind of gives a soft warning about Sandy. Not like a real strong one, but kind of you can tell by his voice he doesn't think he, Brandon. He calls her. He calls her exquisite, JT. That's the word he uses. Yes. He calls her exquisite. Right. But you can tell there's some hesitation in his voice. Sure. Um, that something's up, right? Yep. Uh, and I actually think when Brandon has his reaction later at Dylan, and Dylan kind of gets pissy at him, I don't think it's that far off because the way Dylan acts here feels like he's talking about someone he had something with in the past. Um. But we'll get to that. Uh, we go back to theater class. Uh, Mr. Souter, the teacher for the summer school here, has Brenda telling a sensory memory story based on Cindy's winter coat when she got lost at a store <laughs> when she was a child. Uh, we then cut to the um, – and it, it does all right. But we then cut to the hallway. Brenda talks to the girls about how cold Minnesota is and, you know, why that jacket was so heavy and how different things were. And Kelly says she's going to the beach with Donna. But Brenda says, no, I want to go practice for class. Kelly's kind of annoyed. David pops in behind them and says, well, if Brenda's staying in town, that means, Kelly, you got room for me to hop in the back of the car, and I'm going to go with you to the beach. And she doesn't have editor say no, so it looks like David's going to tag along. Uh, Andrea comes over and talks to Brenda. She said, I'm, I'm avoiding the beach as well. And Brenda says it, basically. I cannot run into Dylan right now. I do not have it in me. And then Andrea asks Brenda, has Brandon asked about me? And Brenda says, like, no answer. <laughs> Stands there blankly. Uh, so Andrea is still clearly thinking about this missed opportunity with Brandon. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, as you were talking about, Tim, just kind of popping in week to week here and seeing how things are progressing. This felt like a, I don't call it a filler episode, but it feels mm -hmm. like we're still burning these the Brandon Andrea stuff. Um, and like the Sandy of the week is really just kind of filling a gap to stretch out that story a bit. But what did you think of these uh, couple scenes, Tim? Um, yeah, I definitely, first of all, got the sense that there was some history between Sandy and Dylan. Um, and you know, even if he, he wasn't necessarily, uh, trying to warn Brandon, maybe there was a, a tinge of jealousy there. Um, and of course he's still in his feelings about Brenda. So it's like, Oh, are they going to, it's going to be like a weird pseudo love triangle thing with this episode. Cause again, I remembered nothing about yeah. it. Um, so I was like, that's a little weird. And Dylan of course is in his wetsuit, which, um, caused mm -hmm. me to look away from the screen. Uh, very, very bad look for him. Um, yeah, and then the stuff with, um, with the girls in their summer school class, uh, and, and David, of course, the ultimate opportunist, um, good showing for him in this scene. Um, I thought that was a really just awkward scene because, like, they do the setup where Brenda's gonna give her little performance, and then all of a sudden they cut away, and they're in the hallway just kind of talking about it, and yes. Donna's like, oh, well, you didn't do that bad. Apparently, she even managed to um, bring herself to tears, which sounds pretty impressive for a high school mm -hmm. student. Um, but we didn't get to see any of that, right? We're just seeing, like, the aftermath of it. And, and I don't know, it just felt like a scene was cut or something. So that was yeah. that was pretty bizarre. Um, well, we do have a recurring uh, supporting character and Mr. Elvis Face uh, teacher. Um, what's it? Chris Suter, yeah. So we'll see if uh, he continues to to pop up through these summer episodes. That's that's a rarity for uh, 90210. Um, didn't get much of that 
really any of that in the first season. Now we have a, mm-hmm. a genuine recurring character. Look at that. Yes. He's not in the opening opening credits. Um, so, yeah, and then the, the little Andrea line. It, it's weird because we, we had discussed that uh, the little, I don't know, um, exchange that Brandon – and Andrea had in this in the season premiere it felt kind of like a deck clearing mm-hmm. exercise. Like, okay, that's just right. you know we're not going to talk about it's this over. anymore. Yeah. And now it's like, are they trying to course correct because they realize maybe we're not done with this and there's or some drama was it just to be two had. awkward kids that didn't know how to handle their shit? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it was yeah. never meant to feel like an ending. It was just them not. It was never how meant to. Handle. to. We just took it that yeah. way. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. That's one to we will continue to keep an eye on Sean how do you yeah. feel about this yeah I mean a lot of the same points as you a couple of different things so I, I need I think the, the last episode you guys covered was probably for me the first like again the beach club stuff for me is where I really truly remember this feeling like my 90210 and probably the Dylan that I know and love Dylan is kind of a cool guy um he's also gives no shits like the way he sold her uh brenda and how she felt about the first time they had sex and him basically saying well you should just go on birth control i mean that just says no shill and about himself but he's kind of like that way here too with brandon to you guys' point you feel like there's something there and you feel like clearly maybe dylan did something with her or whatever but um he just kind of shrugs it off and calls her exquisite and he's a little cool boy there's something that happens on later in the episode that pops me a little bit more for dylan um this middle uh, thing. So first off, for me, for context, the summer school. Why did it feel like the school was fully on in session? Because there was like a lot of kids in that school, and I know. Yeah, it's just, that was yeah. a confusing yeah. thing. It wasn't uh-huh. just like that class. It was like David yeah. there, like Andre was middle. Like well, she's five of our cast members are there. Yeah, yeah it was like know. full in session at the school, and I, that's the first time I made. Well, aren't they in freaking? Fr- why are they in school still? And like, right. so I get summer school, but it seemed like a lot. Um, and this whole storyline that plays out with this winter coat and her traumatized drama is one of the most just piped in kind of like side plots that they put in just because, because yeah, I have a lot of that. It's just awful. Um, I the, think we've been so heavy, Brenda, that they were trying to like dial back, dial her back for a week here. Um, Cause the last few have been really, really heavy with her with the pregnancy scare and the, but um, I also feel like JT, they stuff. didn't really need it. They could have just focused on the whole Brandon thing because literally 40 of the 45 minutes is really the Brandon story. Did they need that? I felt like right. they need that Shannon. They could have just took her out altogether if they really wanted to. Um, I, well, I think me. in the end, I think they try and reach the point where it's like. They tie she, it together in the end. Yeah, yeah. Which she kind of realizes it's okay to be alone, right? Like, like that's what she's trying to. That's what they're trying to drive at, that she. Maybe yeah. she's buckling a bit, but does she really feel like she needs Dylan, or is it okay to be on her own? Yep. And my final thought in this is uh, you guys brought up the awkwardness of the hallway discussion. So you really what they're doing is they're bonding over the fact that one had sex and one got turned <laughs> down for sex, and they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum. And how savage is it that, you know, Andrea asked, what does Brandon talk to me? And Brenda just has no chill. I'm like, you know what? At least lie and make her feel better. But she just right. totally says... You know, and I, it's like, to me, it's in my head. It's like, man, Brandon really, <laughs> really didn't care about Andrea. But what's also. Yeah, see, I, I don't think yeah. it that way, though. I think he took it like, I feel like he got, he feels like he got rejected because he was willing to go that stretch. And Andrea is the first, was the first of the two to say, mm-hmm. oh, it was just kind of a gimmick because you were leaving. Right. I mean, that was, she yeah. kind of said that to him more than him saying that to her. So, I mean, I, guess I think he would right. still go through it. I think he would still date her. 
Okay, and that's kind of where I was going is like if I look at this girl of the week, Sandy and versus Andrea, to me, when it comes to there's really no difference between them in terms of me for their looks. Age? And so for me, oh, looks. oh, well, we'll get to the age in a little <laughs> bit. We haven't talked about that yet. But as far as the initial appearance, I mean, I would probably lean in on what I know a little bit more than what I don't know, because to me, they're similar. I don't think Sandy's necessarily like this mind blowing looking girl that trumps Andrea. I no, kind of think, I think he just similar. feels. Yeah, I think he feels like Andrea closed the door on him. Oh, well, I'm and sure if you look back at that last episode. That's how it felt. That's what, like uh, she was the first to say, you know what? Yeah, it was just you were leaving, and now that you're not, we're just friends still, right? And I don't think she yeah. missed like, it. I, yeah, and it's it's like there was a window, and then it closed, and now we're not gonna we're not gonna go there again. It's high school is so interesting to me. It's like <laughs> I think about this stuff at 16, and a lot of this stuff is really spot on, just in a more glamorous manner. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you just yeah. said what you wanted to say, you probably avoid a lot of this, right? But, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but overall, overall, I mean, really, again, the biggest thing for me is the subplot is really just right. stupid. That's yeah, it's just it's, yeah, it's yeah. keeping. It feels real, our... real early season one. The way that they yes. They have like the one Walsh kid take the lead story mm-hmm. and then they just kind of, um, as Sean put it, just pipe in a storyline for the other one. And, and the I mean, idea it's not is quite that her doing the speed racer daydream, but yes, not quite. But it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's the same spirit of that. Exactly. Yeah. But even and on so the they, last episode I was on, the, the piped in storyline was them getting side diving on a radio show. Right, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like so. It's, it's an ongoing theme for me, at least on the episodes I've been on, which is interesting <laughs> too, I think. So And it's like well right, thematically we yeah, we'll, we'll meet yeah. thematically we'll we'll uh meet in the middle, right? We'll we'll come mm-hmm. to some kind of consensus and that'll be like our lesson learned for the episode kind of thing. It's I don't right. know, I just think we're past that, but I yeah, think it's going to creep away. I th- I think we're going to get more serial. You already mentioned it, right? We're getting Henry Thomas, we're getting Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. What's his name? The teacher. Teacher. All the suitor. Yeah. We're so we're getting more recurring characters. We're getting more. Um. <clears throat> like even this, even though it's kind of a throwaway, like single single episode, it's also still threading multiple things going oh, on, yeah. right? Um. So it and doesn't it's feel. Very, like, and the stuff that Brandon is dealing with is very soapy. Like it's such a. Right. It it takes such a melodramatic turn as we're gonna it doesn't see. feel like the after school special week like we did for a lot of season one no no okay all right back to the beach club brandon's chatting up sandy they're prepping a buffet table I'm talking about the great gatsby sandy asked brandon his age but he kind of plays coy and doesn't answer her we didn't go to the walsh house brenda's talking to her grandmother who i don't think we've ever <laughs> or we ever do um and jim and sandy are preparing for the beach club they have a they're going to a party for prospective members they were invited and Brenda declines to attend because, again, she does not want to risk running into Dylan. Brandon and Sandy are dancing around a bit, uh, but Henry tells them they're not allowed to have fun at this event. Uh, but he's nice about it. I keep waiting for Henry to be an asshole, but like, I guess he's not. He's just like a cool guy because he gives a lot of rope and he, he's fine here. He's like, look, you know, you can't can't be seen having fun at this party here. Uh, the Walshes and the Rattinger show up and Jim says he got lost on the way to the beach club. Rattinger says he's got to pay his dues. And Brandon can become a beach bum like everyone else and offers to uh, teach Brandon uh, how to play tennis as well. Sandy gets kind of annoyed by this and walks off. And at first it seemed like she was annoyed at Rattinger, but as we'll see in a minute, she seems to be upset about something else. But then we see later, maybe it was about Rattinger. Um, so what'd you guys think of that? That first, uh, Tim, what'd you think of the, the continuous flirting and then 
the Walshes now attending this prospective party. Yeah, they're be- being very coy about this um, flirtation and this uh, supposed relationship that's blossoming because neither one of them has admitted how old they are or aren't. <laughs> um, even though the question has been put forth directly by both of them, um, neither one gives a straight answer. So it, this is taking what's a, a very like inappropriate <laughs> relationship and still kind of getting away with it because, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it, I certainly don't think they could get away with that today. Um, you know, it's not a great look for the time either, but, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely dancing on a fine line here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is continuing a trend of, of Brandon, uh, going for sort of these older women or them going for him. I mean, we've already seen like in, in the, um, or like in going back to early season one, there was the stuff with, and it was sort of misconstrued on his part, but remember, uh, uh, the, the former Peach Pit employee um, who turned out to be married, but was kind of, yes, yep, you know, being very flirty with them. Uh, wasn't there even a thing with like the uh, <laughs> his job before that, the restaurateur uh, and the fancy uh, nitro grill yes. or whatever it was yes. called? Yep, um, which was more antagonistic, but at the same time, like. Mm, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be a trend with this character for whatever reason, I guess. I don't know if it's a Jason Priestley thing or, or the writers just like doing that with him, but yeah, we, we, um, we get some good drama out of it. And, uh, Jim, I don't know. They, they kind of make Jim look like uh kind of a loser for getting lost <laughs> and showing up late and yeah, I kind of look like know. a stooge. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's not off to a great start here with the the beach club crowd. Uh, for me, here's listen. Here's one underrated thing that I really like about the whole uh, beach club thing. I love in scene transitions where they just do these flash in and outs to randos yes. at the beach and yeah. like really insinuate how asinine this place is like the beach club White House. And I love <laughs> that. I love that they set it up that way. Um, for me, it adds to like absolute wonderful absurdity that mm-hmm. the show is. Um, I also like, you brought it up, The Great Gatsby. Brandon is a 16-year-old kid, and he's throwing out book knowledge like The Great Gatsby and flirting. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it took me back again to that last episode of on because, again, his his articulation and trying to show that he's smart, and he actually brought up like an essay paper or a book in that episode, too, to get the teenage mom. So, it, again, mm-hmm. it's Brandon seems to have a type and a theme in terms of how he approaches his women and showing off how smart he is, and I think that's very funny. Um, I also, the grandma thing popped me big because in my head I'm thinking, okay, when I was 16, it was summer and it was night. I don't think I was ever on the phone with my grandmother <laughs> as a teenager. And the fact that Brenda was appalled at her parents go to the beach club due to the Dylan uncomfortability is pretty wonderful because that's pretty on brand for a teenager. Um, the other thing is I, I struggle with this whole Sandy Brandon thing. Like they just met, she calls him cute. All of a sudden, later on that day, they're dancing and they're flirting, and mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it feels. Like, I feel like not. I feel like the, the this show and the Beach Club and Nine Hundred Two One Zero moves at this warp speed that in real life doesn't happen. Like literally, flirt, dance, boom, we're done. Um, and he and Brandon has a real bad history of falling really super mm-hmm. fast into women. 
Um, and I guess we also have to assume, though, that they've been maybe flirting for like the last week already. Well, that's where I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if yeah. it was Saint Day. It's like so like non-descriptive, and it was really. Well, he said he's been working there for a week, and they seem to know each other. When San- like maybe they haven't been flirting, but maybe like observing, because Sandy kind of finally says it at the tennis court earlier, but it didn't seem like he didn't know who she was. So I yeah. feel like maybe they've already been kind of flirting or at least bad eyes. Like maybe this was week. the first full shift they had together. They maybe right. had overlapped or, you know, had okay. well, I appreciate each clarity. other, uh, you know, like I, I appreciate the impression because in my head, I'm like, Jesus, this woman's going to be pregnant by the end of this episode. And then they've only <laughs> met for like the two days. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I also right, yeah. one underrated thing that hasn't been brought up. I love how on this show they go out of the way to make sure to make the point that people are old by the clothes that they wear because the multicolored embarrassing apparel that they <laughs> wear. Yes. Like Mama Wash when she shows up at the beach club looks like a bag oh of Skittles God. exploded plot flat <laughs> on her outfit. And it, it's an ongoing theme. Like even when we see Jeremy, they're all the old people are in these god awful clothes. And mm-hmm. that's this show's way of distinguishing. These are the kids. Here are the old people. And I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. It's one of those underrated things that you don't catch that I think is absolutely brilliant. So. All right. Steve shows up. He tells uh, the washes to join and invites Brandon to the annual uh, join the club. That is and invites Brandon to the annual Grunion fish <laughs> run party. He says, uh, everyone's going. It's going to be a great time. He says, Brandon should come and Hey, bring Sandy too. Uh, Sandy's been eyeing you all day. Now's your chance. And apparently the Grunion are fish that only show up once a year to mate. And it's supposed to be this big party. You hang out at the beach and wait for them to come. Uh, and as we learn as we go, that it doesn't seem like anyone's actually ever seen them. But the rumor is that they're going to show up once a year. Uh, Brandon asks Sandy. She says after 12 years of living in L.A., she's never seen the Grunion. And she's kind of just being really shitty. And Brandon's like, look, what, what's your problem? Like, what did I do? And Sandy says, why didn't you introduce me to your parents? I was just standing there. What? What is going on? I don't get it. I'm lost. Brandon apologizes. And Sandy says she was excited because the Walsh just seemed down to earth. And she doesn't have that in her life. And Brandon bounces back. He kind of lays it on heavy. And she caves. They have a little back and forth and decide to go. Um, Yeah, I thought that felt weird. But then as we go along, looking back, I think it was just a cover story. Because she didn't want to tell him about Ratinger. Um, yeah. Because in the scene, I had even put in my note originally, like, Sandy seems aggravated to be around Ranger. And I figured something mm-hmm. was coming. And then she said this, and I'm like, oh, I must have misunderstood. But then what happens later makes me feel like I was right the first time, which is she was aggravated to see him schmoozing and wanted to get the hell away from him. And I think she used the parent thing as just like a cover to get Brandon off her back about being upset. Yeah, but it was weird for me because, again, I gave you the context of how I felt how fast this was moving. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. well, they just met this morning. They're dancing. And now she's already upset. That it, And so for you clarifying timelines, that's where I'm lost is they got to – I think for me, they got to right. timeline this a little better um, because it's moving at warp speed. And why would she be mad at meeting his parents and he didn't do it? And yeah, I, I think it odd. could have been a, a minor line of, hey, I've been, lo- I've been watching you all week. I've been waiting to talk to you. So at least like there's some, like they've been flirting a bit all week. But again, I think the parent thing was her just kind of panicking. Cause even he seems to yeah. put a back by it. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I take that as she didn't want to say, I hate Jerry Radiger. I don't want to be around him. So she comes up with the cover story of, Oh, why didn't you introduce me to parents? Like that's what it felt like to me. Like, I don't think she was really upset about that. I think she used it as, as a cover. 
Yeah, it is weird, though, because all she really had to say, and, and like you said, maybe she just panicked um, and right. <laughs> couldn't think of any any other excuse in the moment. But, I mean, if it's me, um, you know, and not to get into what her real deal is just yet, but, I mean, couldn't she just say something along the lines of, I don't really want to be around these people when I'm off the clock. You know, I, I get enough of it when I'm working here. Like, it's pretty right. exhausting, so <laughs> I don't want to deal with them. Um, so, you know, Radinger's what's, what's the big deal in saying Radinger's kind of an asshole and I can right. deal with him while I'm getting paid, but, um, my time is my time and, uh, I don't want to be around these people when I don't have to be, but, um, yeah, that's just, um, to Sean's point about this very <laughs> accelerated warp speed, um, relationship for her to pull out of her ass the whole, you didn't introduce me to your parents. And it's like. I'm sorry. Did I miss where I gave you a promise ring? Like, what are we going steady? What are we doing here? Um, so, yeah, to, to your point, JT, I, I similarly thought there's got to be more to this than than what she said, because she did appear so very agitated as soon as Jerry Radinger entered the scene. So I was like, I don't I don't know what this this chick's deal is, but it, it can't be that. That just makes no right. sense. And Brandon is so like, what? Yeah, and she's got <laughs> clearly she's got issues at this point. And the other thing that popped right. me finally in this scene was Brandon basically insinuating at the end, hey, you know what, you didn't meet my parents, but hey, you know, why don't we go to the beach and, you know, get it on? Because that's how he insinuated <laughs> that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this is so crazy what's happening. I was like, does this happen in real life? Because I need to move to Beverly Hills. I like, I well, say, yeah, I mean, you know. I don't think it's out of the realm that they could hook up with this quick. I mean, whatever. But again, think about until you explain it to me, think about me watching this episode today, thinking this all happened in a span of like a few hours. Because that's how I get it. cognitively for you, Sean. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, uh, all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> Brandon chastises Brandon for leaving his stank ass clothesline around the room. Brandon <laughs> says the Grunions never showed up. Up all night waiting. Uh, then kind of talks a little bit about Sandy. Jim comes in and talks to the kids about the party. And Jim and Cindy say, uh, despite loving the beach and the party, they're not going to join because the money just does not add up for them to uh, pay to go there. Jim says hobnobbing with the Radingers can be fun now and then, but they really should keep their social and work life apart. And Brenda says, what social life? And Brandon gets pissed. And he's basically like, you know, what the hell? Like, you think you're too good for it. And um, it doesn't make sense. And he's going to go back to the club despite it being his day off. Uh, I, I took this as Brad is tired and sexually frustrated. It kind of goes <laughs> up the gym. Um, and it maybe start a fall for Rattinger a little bit, too. So I think he takes it personal. So we go to the club. Uh, it's Brandon's day off. Him and Rattinger practice tennis. Rattinger says he could do a lot with a kid like Brandon. And Brandon's getting the hearts in his eyes. You can see it. And he basically tells him, go for it. You can, you can have me. Do what you want. Ranger talks about Brandon's goals for his car. He's surprised that Jim won't co-sign on the loan or give him an advance on his uh, salary to get the car. Brandon says uh, him and Jim uh, work too much, or uh, both of them work too much, and they never talk. And Ranger's not happy about it. He goes, this, you're, at this age, you should be having fun in the summer. You shouldn't be working hard. You should be having a good time. And Brandon says Jim didn't want him to play hockey as a kid because of his paper route. So this is how it's always been. And Roger says, you can't make connections by crunching numbers and says, Jim works too hard, but his head is in meat and potato land. And Brandon tells Jerry not to talk to him. He says, I'll handle it. Uh, and then Jerry says he had a 65 Mustang and a hot chick once too. And uh, then asked Sandy for a drink. So a lot going on here, a lot to unpack, Tim. But Ranger 
kind of taking some shots at Jim, right? He's saying, look, you know, you're not going to make, you're not going to move up in the world by just sitting at the desk and pounding numbers into the calculator. And Brandon, you're not going to have a fun summer by working your ass off. Uh, you guys got to get your priorities in order. Um, okay. So I thought the scene, the <laughs> breakfast table scene of Brandon browbeating his parents over there, not even refusal, but just kind of reluctance to join the beach club was absolutely wild. Um, where is this teenager coming from? Uh, I get that it's like a status it thing, like it's cool. Attack. Yeah. And, and I think you kind of smoothed it over by saying, boy, he's got to be really sexually frustrated. That here. was really a good cover up, by the way. I <laughs> to to go in on Jim like this, because it's like of all the fights you could have picked, uh, Brandon, this right. is so like. And I and I sort of looked at it from the standpoint of, okay, if I'm in his shoes, it is a status symbol. It's it's nice to be seen at this place by, you know, all the Beverly Hills, uh, you know, high society folks and hobnobbing with with, you know, all the um, the rich people who you want to slice of that life. But he's in his head. Radiger's Radiger's getting in his head. Exactly. But at the same time, it's like. Brandon, you already work there. Like all your friends are members. Like you can literally show up anytime, which he does later in the episode. Like when he's not even on shift, he right. he can just stroll up there and kind of have his run of the place. So what does he give a shit if his parents <laughs> are gonna join like I right either, away or I think not? he's frustrated and I think part of it maybe too is like he was taking like Jim was taking shots at Ranger or something. Like that's mm-hmm. again, I think mm-hmm. I think Sean, you kind of nailed though. I, I think a lot is like squeezed in this episode. Um, yeah. They could have added some extra time to maybe breathe a little bit. Uh, cut, cut out the Brenda, Brenda crap. That would have been. Yeah. Time. Maybe just a, maybe yeah, the yeah, Grunions. Yeah. I don't know. Like if there is, there's just like, um, yeah, we've had this problem before, Tim, too. Like sometimes we're just missing like one line of yeah. exposition per scene. Like if we had mm-hmm. one line where Sandy says, I've been watching you all week. Right. And one line where Brandon says, you know, you're just jealous of Ratinger and that's you're not going because mm-hmm. you're embarrassed that you're like, whatever, like show, give us a little bit more. And I'm not saying we need the sledgehammer plot. Right. But let's like, I, I feel like we're connecting too many dots. Mm-hmm. I also think it's in the next scene that um, Ratinger really starts to put the squeeze on Brent. Like that's when we talk about this whirlwind romance with Brandon and Sandy, but the real seduction here is, is Ratinger. Yes. To, to Brandon, and that really comes into full force, I think, in, in the next scene or after this this blow up with the parents. Um, even though, I mean, yes, they've been hinting around it, and obviously that's um, that's going to become like the conflict of the episode. But this is when they really crank it into high gear, and you're like, okay, so if this is what it's about, what it's really about, then maybe this scene should have between Brandon and Radinger talking about the car and. You know, and Radinger talking shit about Jim a little bit. Like maybe, maybe that comes before the blow up at breakfast, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Sean, where are you at? No, I listen. I appreciate the JT cover up. He's sexually frustrated. My interpretation, again, being Sean, he they 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 did it the night before at the stand where they made out, and they you know they did it then. Um, I, I popped. I, I I went into wrestling terms. I popped for Brandon's promo on the Beach Club and his parents, because mm-hmm. uh, he literally cut a promo on his dad, which to Tim's point made oh, no fully. sense. Made no sense whatsoever. My takeaway from this is I like, and again I'm overthinking this. Jim has ethics. He wants no part of the beach rich assholes. And for me, I support him in it. I think he's a good dad. Um, but the argument was absolutely stupid. 
Um, on the next scene after that, um, we got more wonderful old people colors with Jerry. Uh, not to mention uh, full pants and jacket apparel by Jerry in the midst mm-hmm. of summer, which again, I, what are we doing? Um, and I the and again, a current trend that I see with Brandon as I continue this journey, you guys are on. He's very very easily influenced, and there yes. seems to be a trend with him where he's willing to cast aside, you know, what's right, even his parents, his family, for selfishness because he wants what he wants, and that seems to be an ongoing thing with him. And then. It's at this point where we realize Sandy clearly doesn't like Jerry because he asked for a drink and she says, I'll have so-and-so get it for you. And now you know right. at this point it's really about Sarah. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah thumbs, thumbs up. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. All right, Steve tries to get Brandon to see the Grunions again the second night, but he says no. He tries to talk to Sandy. She's heading home. Brandon says he rented a limo to take Sandy anywhere she wants. <clears throat> then we cut and ride a tandem bike. <laughs> they flirt by a quiet beach, and Brandon jokes about his goals. And he says, hey, Jerry's going to bankroll me. We'll start a business. You can work for me. Blah, 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 blah. And Sandy says she'll realize she realized she'll never have the thing she dreamed about when she was Brandon's age. And she wished Br- she met Brandon five years ago. Uh, a little Dane Cook. Wow, uh, Brandon said, yeah, yeah, and there's, and there's I was the age. The you got grade. it, then. You got it. <laughs> I was in the sixth grade at that time. So, uh, But then she does say, how old are you? And he dodges it again, and then they start making out. Uh, they ride the bike, and we see Dylan on the side of the road. As he sees them drive by on the bike, and he looks a little pensive about this uh, next step between these two. Uh, Brandon then runs into Dylan, and he says, look, age ain't the issue. She's just not right for you. Trust me. Do not, you know, you're going to get in over your head. And Brandon point blank says, did you sleep with her? That's always his go-to. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dylan says no. And Brandon gets mad and he makes a dig. Uh, it, it, Dylan basically says, I don't want to see you get hurt. And he goes, well, you didn't give a shit when you broke Brenda's heart. Ooh. And Dylan said, look, you got that wrong, buddy. Like, she fucking trashed his heart. So, um <laughs> Brandon then finds Sandy crying. She says something came up and storms off. Jerry sees Brandon. And he says he's got an idea about the car. Brandon explains uh, to his parents Jerry's offer, which is Jerry will front him in advance on his salary uh, to work for Jerry. He could be a gopher now. And then when school starts, he'll work as a trainee at the PR office and he'll pay back Jerry through salary. Brandon says Jerry wants to double his salary from the beach club no matter what hours he works, whether he's needed or not. And Jim's like, this shit ain't adding up, buddy. <laughs> like he's he's basically saying he's going to pay you uh, to run some errands now, double what you're making at the beach club, and then maybe in the future work at the PR place and pay him back. Just doesn't make sense. And Brandon says, look, he's just got a different philosophy. And maybe, you know, there's a kid in L.A. who needs a car. And maybe he always wanted a son. And Jim says, you know, I think that too. I just didn't think he'd go after my son, uh, which is uh, a tough line to swallow if you're Brandon Amazing. here. So, Shauna, what would you think about all this? Um, oh. There's a lot, lot going on here between Brandon right. and then Dylan going at it and then Jerry coming in. And, and one thing I wanted to point out, too, Brandon seems real quick to give these jobs up. Like, he sold Matt down the river as soon as the beach club came around. <laughs> and now he's ready after all this to quit the beach club a week in because Jerry's willing to pay pay double the salary. Yeah, he's your typical 16-year-old. Um, I, Listen, this was the first sign that really made me go, holy shit, how old is this girl? Because yeah. she's, like, talking about all these things in life that she won't get. I'm like... All right, so in my mind, rationally, uh, she's at least 25, and he's got to be 16. That's where I landed. Um, right. And the first thing I thought of, where were all the 25-year-old women when I was in high school? Because <laughs> I would have been all over it just like Brandon. Well, you didn't look like Brandon Walsh. I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, in high school, well, I won't get into it. In high school, I'd probably look, I looked a little like Zach Morris in high school, believe it or not. But I'm not Brandon in uh, 
But yeah, I didn't have the chill. You didn't have that hair. You didn't. I didn't have that hair, and I didn't have his attitude and his confidence. Right. Um, The tandem bike riding was a bit much for me because at 16 I wasn't tandem bike riding with any chick. Um, I love that Brandon when he gets into argument immediately goes to this guy who is friend and basically rails on him about breaking Brenda's heart. And I love Dylan. This is one of the reasons why I love Dylan. No chill. Dylan says. Well, dude, you're basically fucking wrong. She did it to me and then piss off. Right. And then he just kind of shrugs and walks away, which I think is fantastic. Well, and again, it shows um, the other thing we've been tracking is Brandon's temper. When he when he doesn't get the answer he wants, he goes like dirty mm-hmm. quick. Um, there's definitely been something in his in his repertoire here through the first season plus is he just goes to the low common denominator. He goes low. As soon as he gets yeah. activated. If he doesn't get the answer he wants, he goes he goes with like a jugular. Yeah, he goes one end from being super smart book guy, knowing the great Gatsby to be and showing what his age really is and immaturity mm-hmm. and how far he goes on the deep end in terms of how he goes across on people. And again, I feel bad for Jim. This is also something that I noticed in this scene where Jim basically says, I didn't realize he would go after my son. This is where I realized that the theme song to this show has different variations. And this is a variation that they have a sympathetic, a sympathetic yes. variation of slow version of the theme. And they got to have like 20 different versions of that theme to like transition plot points, which I never really noticed until I started following along with you guys on this pod and really dug deep into this show. So that's another thing that popped me a little bit in this. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be one to watch out for, too. Um, yep. <laughs> OK, so this um, this little makeout scene, which we've been building up to. Mm-hmm. I know that she has the line, you know, boy, if I had only met you. Five years ago, and, and which again, it's the most terrible thing anyone can can say based on the circumstances here. And then Brandon kind of doubles down on the grossness by by saying he was uh, in sixth grade, which I, I think he was like trying to play off as a joke, but is also absolutely very true. uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It's, it's like that is yes. fully the truth, and like I don't know, if she just took it as a joke, or if she was just like. Because, eh, I mean, she would end for the kiss, like, pretty much right after that. And I would think, if anything, that would, like, totally kill the moment. But um, I don't know. I'm not Brandon, and I'm not this chick. So it's it's pretty crazy. We then get the, the confrontation with Dylan, which um, I think is kind of a, a high point of this episode. You, you always, again, you get some great dramatics anytime you put these two at odds. Um and on the one hand, it's like Dylan, it still seems like he's a little bit holding back. Like he still has more information here that Brandon doesn't. And he needs to at this mm-hmm. point, he kind of just needs to spill the beans. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely put some of this on him, too. It's like, why isn't he saying more? Yeah. And, and it's I mean, I get that to a certain extent. It's like not really Dylan's thing to share. But at the same time. Sandy is being sort of an asshole and right. gross. <laughs> so it's like, well, fuck you, lady. You've had multiple yeah, I think Brandon's chances. just stuck in the middle. He's like, someone just yeah. tell me what's going on. So I can, what is going on? Like, exactly. oh, shit, this. Someone help me. Everyone's dancing mm-hmm. around everything. From Jim at the beach club to Ranger in this confusing deal to Dylan knowing something but not saying it to Sandy not just admitting what's going on. Right. Like he's Every, he, As much as he's being just, kind of a dick, he's mm-hmm. not really getting any straight info. Everyone's being so cryptic, and but then I mean, Brandon just turns it right back around on Dylan with the whole, 
you know, hey, fuck you, buddy, for breaking my sister's heart. And it's like, who who dumped who again? Like, it's, you know, it was so uncalled for. But again, he's just lashing out because, as he said, he's getting really jerked around here. Um, you know, the Ratinger stuff, then, you know, the plot thickens here with uh, what is, I mean, what, what does this job really entail? It almost sounds like... Uh, they're setting Brandon up to be like a mob enforcer or something like he's going to do like side mm-hmm. jobs or dirty work for this guy. And in a way he is, but it's not really, it's not really that deep. Um, but um, Radinger has an amazing uh, jumps, purple jumpsuit to um, just accentuate Sean's point about the old people <laughs> being dressed so gaudy. Yeah. I mean, this is a, I mean, that character I feel like is meant to be in what probably his fifties. Like, probably a little bit older than, than the Walsh's, the elder yeah. Walsh's. And they make him look like he's 70, you know, like all the, mm-hmm. all the adults just look 20 years old. I mean, if you lived at the Boca Vista with the Costanzas and with the, the Seinfeld, <laughs> he would not be out of it. Be all in on it. Uh, all right. Brandon talks to Brenda about Jerry and he thinks Jim doesn't want him to have a car. He's trying to punish him for totaling Mondale. And Brenda says, no, it's obvious. Jim doesn't understand why Jerry's giving you the money to do nothing. And Brenda agrees. It's confusing. Uh, Brandon's like, look, it's it's a good deal. I'm taking it. Uh, they then says Brenda wearing the winter coat. He's like, why are you wearing a winter coat in July? And then walks off. Brandon talks to Cindy and says, is Jim in a better mood? And uh, Cindy says, yes, yes, he is. He was okay when he left, but he already left for work. He's headed to San Diego uh, and said, he said it's up to Brandon. Brandon can do whatever he wants. And Brandon's aggravated. He says he wishes Jim would make some time for him. So I feel like this is something we haven't really mentioned either. Like, I feel like this is underlying tension that Brandon's just feeling kind of left out by his dad. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's feeling a little bit dry. I know, but and how, I think how dare does he go to work? I mean, come on, really? <laughs> I know. But it's, well. you know, it's a son, you always want to have the time with your dad and you feel like you don't, you're not getting that time. Uh, maybe Jim gets home. He's exhausted. He's not spending. We even saw it in the beginning of the episode, right? He's kind of at the table eating and yeah. not really listening to Brandon. He's just kind of yesing him. And, um, and I think all of a sudden Jerry is showing him attention. Right. And I think that's, they don't really get into that, but I think that's the underlying tension of all this is like, he's not getting some, some attention from his dad at home. And now here's this highfalutin, you know, sports agent at the beach club that's willing to buy him a car and treating him like, you know, he even says it, right. What I could do with a kid like you. Um, mm-hmm. and he always, he's just starting to feel special, right. He's starting to feel like here's, here's a guy that, that actually cares about me. Yeah, I listen. I okay. So the Brenda, the Brenda plot needs to die, like immediate <laughs> death. Uh, I guess for me, I'm trying to rationalize in my head. Brandon in this world being okay with some old dude dressing the way he does, taking a shine to him, wanting to buy him a car, and he's upset that his dad's upset about that. For me, that feels like a common sense thing to understand. And mm-hmm. when you Brenda's your voice of reason, there's a problem because right. she's Looney Tunes reliving this whole drama thing over an escalator incident in her childhood. So when she's the voice, we have a freaking problem. So I don't, this whole thing's a mess. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, well, yeah. It, I mean, I struggle to find anything meaningful to say about the Brenda <laughs> subplot. I really, it's, yeah, there's nothing there. It's tough. It's yeah. They're really just make fun um, of it. It's ridiculousness. That's what I'm doing. So. Here's where I'm at with with Brandon and Jim though, and this this kind of goes back to uh, the the argument they have over what what the hell is this job, Brandon? You're smarter than this. There's got to be this this just doesn't add up. This guy's paying you to do nothing, 
And the whole the whole way through it, Brandon is really needling Jim over how, you know, well, you know, Jerry Radinger, he's, he's this highfalutin guy, but he's, mm-hmm. you know, you really think that at heart, he, he's a family man. And even though he's, he's got this, this great wife and these, these daughters that he, you know, he really wants a son. And it's like, he's openly telling Jim, his father, that, that, that he is auditioning to be this rich man's uh, yes. surrogate son. Like he's just telling his father that basically straight up. <laughs> I'm like, what a, what a ridiculous power move for this Again, this this teenager, this sixteen year old boy, to tell his father, like, well, you know, I'm in the market for a new dad, basically. So, you know, come on, you might want to step up your game, Jim. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, dad, I'm I'm gonna go be this old guy's young boy. I mean, yeah, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. He's just <laughs> crazy. God, it, it's so brazen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get why there's that tension. And it's, and then Jim doesn't really respond in the way that Brandon wants, which goes back to your point. Uh, JT, when, when Brandon, when people don't react the way that, that he thinks they will, or he wants them to, he, he starts to double down Mm -hmm. and and fight dirty. And that's what we're starting to see. So this is (laughs) as ridiculous as this episode is. There's kind of some deep psychological stuff going on between father and son. All right. Well, Jerry talks to Brandon and he says he doesn't want to get in between him and Jim. He just wanted a guy to run errands, so just forget about it. And Brandon says, I don't want to forget about it. And Jerry tells him to be his own man then. Make your own decisions. And Brandon agrees. So Brandon uh, finds Sandy and says she says she feels worse and that it isn't about Brandon. It's about time and money and that Brandon is a sweet boy, but she has a lot of heavy stuff going on. And she's not going to be pouring her heart out to some Beverly Hills teenager. So uh, quite a couple minutes after Brandon, he accepts the gig. And then Sandy kind of rips his heart out. We see Brenda practicing her scene at home. She's uh, screaming in the living room as Jim walks in and basically says, what the fuck is going on? Uh, And then they reminisce about that day. She says what she's doing and says, this is the day I got lost. I'm trying to channel it. Uh, And, you know, Jim kind of says, like, "Uh, things weren't that bad that day. You know, we watched you dancing on the escalator and having the time of your life. And then, yeah, you got lost, but we found you. And that's my memory of that day is not the same as yours, right? His memory is Brenda feeling free. And having having a blast on the escalator. Uh, Steve tries to showcase some different girls to Brandon. And we continue the Dane Cookness here, including a very young girl from high school. And uh, he says she's mature for her age. And Brandon basically says, like, is she 15 or whatever? Um, and Steve's like, yeah. Henry then tells Brandon to go help Jerry in the parking lot. He's got a special job for him. And for anyone that's seen any Christmas commercial who <laughs> knows what's coming here, Jerry uh, Brandon walks out into the parking lot, and Jerry's got a brand-new convertible for him. And he says, you know, I want you to take this for a test drive and see if you'd like to drive it for the rest of the summer. He says Brandon can still get the used Mustang, but this could be a company car for him. His company can deduct it as an expense if Brandon uses it on the job to uh, do the errands for Jerry. As Brandon and Steve are about to take off, we get a uh, very – Obvious Jerry looking at some receipt and sighing loudly uh, to try and obviously get Brandon's attention. Brandon says, what's going on? And Jerry says, look, Mrs. Rattinger drank a little too much out in the sun, needs a ride back into town, but I got to stay here and tie up some loose ends. Mm. Can you give her a ride? Um, And Brandon says, "Okay." So he hops in the convertible with Mrs. Rattinger. They're driving home and she seems very annoyed. And she says, when did you start this job? He goes, hey, you know, I just started today. Jerry's great. And she says, look, you don't need to put on an act. You're not the first kid that was hired to drive me home so he can hang out with his mistresses. And the latest word is he's trying to get back with Sandy. And Brandon is shook when he hears this all. Um, 
All right, Tim, what did you what did you think of all this? Straight through. It's about uh, time somebody you know, said what was up. Yeah, right. It's, it's about time somebody laid it. You know, it's this, uh, you know, this uh, wine bomb old lady who, uh, you know, just doesn't give a fuck. I guess that's appropriate enough given the behavior of most of the adults in this episode. But um, yeah, so so we finally get that big bombshell that this is all just a big excuse for Jerry Radinger to spend more time with his mistress, who is maybe not as into it as, as she used to be. Um, good old Sandy. Um, but uh, poor Steve here, just trying to be along for the ride, trying to be the, the wingman here for Brandon, ultimately not needed. You know, even trying to do Brandon a solid and, and hook him up with a more age-appropriate um, date for the beach. And, you know, Brandon is, is so outraged because uh, all of Steve's perspective uh, uh, dates are, are as much as a, a year younger than Brandon. Uh, Brandon only goes for, for women 10 years older than him. So I, I don't know what Steve was thinking there. But... um. I do enjoy the little bits of Steve that we do get in this episode. He's as he usually is like a welcome presence, even when he's not like um, the focus of, of the episode. So Mm -hmm. I like that. He pops in from time to time here. Uh, The Brenda stuff, I mean, gets even more (laughs) absurd when we have Jim basically just shitting all over um, Brenda's memory of, of what was like a pretty traumatic experience in her mind. He's like, Oh yeah, I kind of remember that. It was a pretty fun day, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it helps her to sort of reframe it and and right. her own um, recollection. But um, yeah, I, I I guess the only thing I can say to that is it does give us a nice scene between Brenda mm-hmm. and Jim, which we haven't had a whole lot of in this show run up to this. I mean, they've had some they've had some pretty pretty good confrontations and and fights but you don't get a good just heart to heart between the two of them um all that often here in the show so i i appreciated i appreciated it on that level at least sean am i going way too far here and trying to defend this oh no i so the first part it, uh with brandon and her dig i'll be the teenager the first thing i made is well it didn't bug you when you're banging and banging them in the beach tower so it's like guardrail to guardrail. Hey, you're good enough for me to do that in the tower, but you know what? You're a punk teenage kid. I like being just nasty. Uh, the scene with Jim and uh, Brenda, uh, my thought process around this, this is just another excuse to pipe in the tender version of the uh, theme song of the show, because this, <laughs> this one had a whole different version. And it was really that, hey, look how sweet this like daughter dad confrontation is. And let's play this background music to hit home how great this scene is. Again, just another random soft yeah. piano reading. Yeah, the soft right? piano. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's really, really low and really soft. And again, they have 50 different versions of this, which I never realized until tonight. Um, the the interaction with Jerry and the car, I, the only note I put, and I said it earlier, I put Brandon has reached full young boy status at this point. And then uh, the <laughs> Brandon being absolutely stunned and clueless that, oh, it's Sandy when the sides have been there the whole time and how she's treated them. Uh, the one thing I am happy about, I thought at one point when I saw this and he picked up the ma- the ma- the wife, I thought they were going to go down the route and maybe that she was going to try and, you know, <laughs> have her way with Brandon. And I was very, very relieved that she did not whatsoever because I really thought it was going to happen. And I saw her in her polka dot red 
And I thank <laughs> God that that did not happen. But I really thought they were going to go there, and I was wrong, and I'm thankful for that. So I was too for a minute. I thought <laughs> yeah. she was going to make a move on him. Yeah, I, I was because that would have been the other way to do this, right? Is that she <laughs> is the like the grift that he sets the young boys up for, for her because she wants to knock him mm. down, right? I mean, that, yeah, that yeah. could have been the other way to go with this. <laughs> and I was waiting for that hand to touch the knee, and I was sitting there waiting, waiting, yeah, waiting. Well, That's where I was. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad I wasn't off base with that. So. All right, at the club, Sandy's in a nice dress, and Brandon says to tell Jerry he can have his car back. He's done with both of them. Sandy says this isn't some cheap affair, and she tells Brandon he doesn't know uh, what she gets up to, what she does to get up in the morning. Her mommy and daddy can't pay her bills anymore. Brandon <laughs> says it's not about my mommy and daddy. It's about your sugar daddy paying all your bills. As he lays that in, Jerry shows up, uh, kind of comes around the corner on top of the stairs. And just glares down, and Brandon throws the car keys down and walks off as Jerry just kind of stares into the distance. We go back to the Walsh house. Brandon finds Jim asleep in his work clothes in the living room, stares at him until Jim stirs, and says he was waiting up. Brandon says work was weird, and Jim says he thought things over on the train, and it's one thing for a father and still values, but it's another when he hides his own frustration behind the guise. Jim says when Brandon asked about the beach club and being about money, Jim tried to change the subject, but the truth is it is about money. It's something he struggled with since turning down the promotion. So Jim admits that staying in Beverly Hills, you know, he struggled a little bit. Could have been making more in Minnesota, uh, keeping up this lifestyle. The money is not equaling what they need. And uh, so they can't go to the beach club. But he says no reason why Brandon should be folding beach chairs all summer. You go work for Jerry. See how the other half lives. Get your car. Have a good time. And Brandon says, you know what? I saw it, and it's not what it's cracked up to be. And Jim tells Brandon to be his own man and never to sell himself short. And I thought it was a really good father-son talk. Um, I enjoyed this. So, Tim, what did you think of the Jerry uh, revelation and then the father-son? Yeah, um, pretty good wrap-up here after after the big Sandy reveal. And I, I do like the, the heart-to-heart between Brandon and Jim. Um, kind of finally putting aside all these weird psychosexual issues that I've been having a ball with throughout this episode. Um, what's really weird to me though, is that at this point there's like 10 minutes left in this episode, <laughs> which is not an insignificant amount of time for, for one of these shows that are, you know, 45 minutes all told on, on your preferred streaming service. And it just feels like, I don't know, normally when we get to this stage and, especially one of these one and done episodes, there's like, maybe you're up against that two minute warning, right? You're about to get the hell out of here. And the fact that we've got another 10 minutes to burn off just feels very strange. Like it's, Mm -hmm. this episode is so bizarrely paced that like we've talked about how it feels like there was stuff cut out, but at the same time, why it sure seems like they had time to spare. Um, Because what we've got left to deal with here is, really not a whole lot um so yeah a lot with jerry and then the figuring out what the fuck is gonna happen with sandy right so which i mean who cares right you know it's 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 sort of we're we're done with it like we we're pretty sure they're not going to be back so who cares um it's you know so it's just they say it's strange the way they just keep puttering around with with these characters in this conflict that's already really reached its head so um, I don't know. That's that's where I came down on, you know, the rest of this <laughs> anyway. Um, Sean, uh, 
Um, Try to pull this together. The, I mean, there's nothing to pull together here. I mean, here's the thing. The whole character of Sandy is very unlikable. Like, there's nothing likable about this girl whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, her look, Like, to me, like, her walking up the stairs in that red dress, like, I'm thinking, okay, I might have felt bad for her, but now I feel like she's kind of, like, prostituted herself a little bit. And I don't know. It was uncomfortable for me. And Brandon railing in on her, I was okay with. But here's the problem. Brandon, Brandon this is not the first time he's put himself in this situation. He does it to himself, so it's really hard for me to feel sorry for him. Um, and in my mind, I'd be like, okay, Brandon, at this point, you know this has happened to you. You probably need to go back to Andrea and try to rock her world for the rest of the summer. That's like, probably an easier way to go than try to deal with people like this. But again, he's an egomaniac, and he doesn't. Um, uh, the, the other thing, this is uh, in the scene, it wasn't only her red dress, um, but Jerry in, uh, I call it his vomit shirt, which it literally looked like someone Ooh, vomited yeah. all over his shirt, which is awful. Um, the scene, um, I kind of have a different take. I feel bad for Jim because I feel like he's a really good dad. And I mm -hmm. feel like his son doesn't really appreciate him. And in, in my world, if my son treated me like that, I'd be like, you know what, Jim, don't show any sympathy for this kid. In a normal world, we don't spoil the kids with Mustangs and beach clubs. And don't let this other guy, you know, don't cave into this, let this other guy make him your kid his bitch or you his bitch. So I felt like this scene was more or less trying to get them back on the same page. But I, I didn't feel like it was right because I am a big gym supporter because in the end, he's usually right. But again, it was another one of those scenes where they put in yet another slow music theme moment in this show. And again, these moments are great. I just find – in this episode, for me personally, I find Brandon very, very unlikable. I am not a Brandon fan in this episode at all. So, All right. Well, Jerry isn't either because he accosts Brandon in the locker room <laughs> at work, and he calls him the king of the Cabana Boys. And he says he wonder if he did see Brandon today. And Brandon says Jim told him to honor his commitment, so he's here. Brandon tells Jerry to talk to Jim if he's got anything to say about him, and he wishes Brandon could handle the bumps and curves in life just like that car does. Brandon says that car is no 65 Mustang, sir. Jim says things get ugly. Uh, Jerry says things get ugly and embarrassing last night, and he could have taught Brandon all kinds of things. But Brandon says what? How to hurt and intimidate people? You've turned Sandy into a nervous wreck. Jerry says his conscience is crystal clear when it comes to Sandy, and that Henry Thomas is looking for Brandon and wishes him luck in finding a new job. Brandon finds Henry, who is of course watching his stories on VHS. Henry says Jerry ordered him to fire Brandon, and he said he'd consider it. And he has considered it, and he's rejecting that offer to fire Brandon. Henry busts Brandon up and says not everyone is paid and bought for here at the Beverly Hills Beach Club. Henry says Sandy has quit. Brandon is not surprised about that. And then he wants to show him some young and restless storylines to uh, <laughs> show him that, you know, this stuff happens all the time. Uh, we cut to summer school. Brenda has everyone in stitches talking about her feelings and her fears about being alone. And says if she wasn't afraid to be alone at age six, she won't be afraid to be alone today. And she's ready to go to the beach. So that's the summation of her storyline. Uh, before we get to these final couple scenes, any thoughts on that stuff, uh, Sean? Uh, yeah, uh, the confrontation between 50-year-old Jerry and 16-year-old Brandon. I mean, real life, that wouldn't happen because I put it in context of my 16-year-old kid. He wouldn't give two shits about this old guy. He'd be playing video games and he wouldn't be able to articulate like an argument like this. So I, I don't know. I think that's kind of a little bit out of context, but it is what it is. Uh, the boss stuff popped me a little bit because it shows how cool his boss is. Um, and in the end, Sandy quitting is fine with me because she's clearly not a good person. And to me, it's good riddance. Um, Tim and I have discussed uh, soap operas. For, so for Tim, 
personally for me, the boss making him watch soap operas and the fact that boss watches them kind of popped me a little mm-hmm. bit. I thought that was I'll great. Be into it. Yeah, I'll I thought it was so, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and then the final thing on the Brenda plot, um, I put no comment, and Tim, you'll appreciate this. This this story was unnecessary, <laughs> but um, okay. I said, way to go, Brenda. Good for you overcoming that whole escalator trauma. Let's go to the beach so we can kill this damn plot. That was my last. That was my last comment. The uh, uh, you mentioned man. Sandy not being a good person, Sean, and it's like I feel like they wanted us to have some sympathy for her, like some of these other girls we've had in the past, right? We mentioned the the other episode you were on with the the single yeah, mom. I felt like, bad mm. for her, but she like, also they didn't had really give shit. Sandy much, it, yeah. but, or even like the girl that yeah. was broke that Brenda stayed in her house, like. They, I think they tried to do that here. They wanted us to feel bad for Sandy that she was in a tough spot and she ended up having to turn to Jerry for support. But again, that is not enough. They don't tell that story well enough to say, um, to show why we should feel that way about Sandy. They don't really give us a reason to. No. Kind of- that, that's a good point. There was no reason for me to feel bad about her at all. Well, and, yeah. yeah, we learned what she's doing, but not the why behind it, other than, well, it's tough out here for. I guess an unmarried woman with, um, you know, limited, uh, finances, um, a young married woman, a young unmarried woman between the ages of 20 and 25. (laughs) It's just, I mean, that kind of describes a lot of people. So it's like, okay, what makes you so special lady? Like what choices did you make? What opportunities did you get or not get? And you know, what, what kind of led her down this path? We don't get any of that. Right. So, we're, we're sort of left unable to, you know, it, like I'm kind of with Sean, unable to sympathize with her very much and finding myself in more of a judgy sort of place that I don't think the episode really wants us to think of her in a, in a negative light, but it's hard not to. So they just didn't do the best job with her all around. Um, I, you know, I thought the scene, the final fuck off between Brandon and, and Jerry Radinger was just, Totally unnecessary. I'm, I'm with Sean there. Um, but I did like the scene with Henry Thomas talking about how, yes. you know, he totally refused to fire Brand. It just goes to show that he is a really stand-up guy. He's a good boss. He's he's sort of summertime Nat, right? We're not seeing a whole lot of Nat, I feel like, in these episodes in the summer. But we've still got a good boss, a good uh, mentor-type mm-hmm. big authority figure for Brandon, who's, you know, not Jim Walsh. So, uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy that scene a little bit. The Brenda stuff, um, yeah, I, I concur, Sean. It is, but. Um, <laughs> yes. every And the way everyone's sitting around looking so impressed with her. How cocky. Oh, Brenda, just, congratulations. <laughs> just like, all right, come on. Oh, they're dying. They're cracking up. They're having a great time. Yeah, she yeah. is like holding court. Hey, and because I broke through on this, I'm ready to confront Dylan at the beach. Like, Let's we, go. We really think uh, I can be David alone. gives yeah. a shit. <laughs> David gives a shit about Brenda's breakthrough in drama class. Like, <laughs> so great. Oh, uh, maybe he's trying to get in. You know. Uh, uh, all right, yes. we go to the club. Jerry's playing tennis again. He's arguing with that same poor guy. Uh, Brandon is asked about the call yet again, and he backs Jerry. He says, uh, you know, he calls it as he sees it. You can see Jerry's like waiting for him to screw him, but Brandon Brandon makes a point. He goes, I don't, you know, I call everything as I see it. Jerry, you're a piece of shit, but you know what? Your ball was in. <laughs> I love the poor guy he's mm-hmm. playing against. He's so fucking exasperated. Um, <laughs> Brandon sees Sandy and she says she's moving to San Luis Obispo with her family and says this doesn't work for her anymore here. She tells him that Jerry said he loved her and he would leave his wife. And that was two years ago. 
Sandy says being with Brandon helped her realize how angry she had become. And she kisses him goodbye and says, tell Dylan goodbye for me. So Brandon finds Dylan. He's at the outdoor shower, offers him to buy him a lemonade as an apology. But Dylan says, hey, I'll take a full meal. So they walk off. They're eating. They're having a chat about Sandy. Uh, You know, it's pretty basic. And then Dylan makes Brandon promise the next time Brandon asks Dylan if he slept with some girl he likes, he gets to punch him. And uh, they end up okay. Audrey and Brenda show up at the beach. Kelly and Donna walk over. and They're laughing at Steve, who's despondent. And he reveals that Maya Landon, the 15-year-old, told him she just wants to be friends. And she really has a hots for David. Hey. David walks over to Maya right. and asks about the Grunion. So David scores in Steve's face. Uh, we then cut to the Grunion party. The crew is kind of waiting on the beach and laughing it up. Brandon walks into the ocean. The rest follow. Dylan and Brenda lag behind. They're chatting it up a bit. And Brenda says, it's nice to have you here as a good friend, and anything is possible. And it looks like maybe she still has a little bit of feelings for him in there when she looks up at him. Mm-hmm. Donna looks down and says, what does a Grunion look like? And then we look, we see that all these fish are there. As the Grunion have arrived, they flood the beach, and everyone celebrates. And I, I like this closing to pay off the Grunions. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was a, good, a good ending, Sean. What did you think of these last couple of scenes? Yeah, so uh, the same. <laughs> Okay, hot take coming in on the Sandy scene. Um, I don't like her good riddance. Um, I did not like the fact that we got into the he promised me for two years that he would leave his wife trophy marry me crap because this is like a plot point in a lot of shows. What really bugged me is Brandon still kisses her goodbye despite knowing where her mouth has been and the fact that she has banged him and Jerry innuendo, at least in my thought, together. Uh, but I guess my other thought was in 16, who cares? As she clearly has already committed statutory, which is yes. a running, it's a running theme on this show because of Beverly Hills. This is clearly OK. Um, and not the first time we'll see this theme come up because it's, it happens. Um, the 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 Bonnie between Dylan and Brandon, you know, drinking food to me. That's a, always a good bridge to make amends. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Dylan, the other thing why I like Dylan is they, they brought up Sandy and you know, Brandon brings up how bad he feels for her. Dylan just with no chill says, I have no issue. She did it to herself. And that pots me because, you know, Dylan tells it how it is. And then, oh, here we go. We got all the friends together. The silver thing. It pots me. What disturbed me was the girl looked like she was 12 years old. And it it was like, well, David is at least supposed to be younger. So they're, I think they're both supposed to be 15. I know. But the Uh, fact that 25 year old in real life, Ian Zierling was into this girl, that kind of bugged me. That was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of creepiness in this. Yeah. And I'm with you, actually. I actually liked the ending because the visual of all the friends on the beach um, Mm -hmm. and the way they all interacted really cements the plot point of this show. And it's a core group of friends and their life and what they go through. And I think it really cemented that what this show is. I really enjoyed that scene. And I love the way that they closed it out with the Grunions having a big old orgy in the water. I think this is a really well done ending scene. So I'm with you on that. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I like that that last scene also. It's the problem is they had to pay off the Grunion thing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, even though it didn't have much relation to much else going on in this episode, it it's a good scene and it's a, it's a good coda to, to what feels like was a totally different episode. Like, you know, like maybe this is the, the last scene to what's a, a an amazing classic episode of the show. Not the I get kind that. of weird, yeah. weird train wreck that we just witnessed. Right. <laughs> um, that is pretty inexplicable. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I like that last scene. Um, I, I mean, Again, I don't think we needed the final 
goodbye between Brandon and Sandy. Like it just like, aren't we just done with this now? Um, but we get the, the reconciliation between Brandon and Dylan, which probably does have some value. And I mean, kind of confirmation that, yeah, Dylan and Sandy did have a past, which I mean, sure doesn't pain her. And if we were already not sympathizing, I took it to divorce friends. Like friends on the beach uh, more than a real romantic thing, because the way he talks is like I I would you know don't get tangled because maybe he knew and maybe she confided in him and everything maybe. else and she's been with Ranger for two years so I I took it more as that it was just he's like around the beach he knows all these people and he's just a confidant. I guess I took the more um, <clears throat> glass half empty view of this is like a pattern for her and you know just. She she I think she's like the other this... girl that Dylan wasn't really seeing. Remember the surfer chick or whatever in like the second episode? It was like that oh, where it's just like Nazis. a girl. Yeah. yeah, I remember he just is like friends with her. He just knows her because they're surf Betty. He... That's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Knows her from AA. All right. Maybe. Well... I don't know. You never know with Dylan. All right. Well, that's that. Let's uh, hit our trackers and our awards here. To wrap things up. Uh, so best scene, I ended up going with Jim and Brandon's father-son talk. I thought that was really well done and uh, kind of sewed up some of the issues they were having. And and I thought Jim was really good in that scene. Um, I'm going to go with the, the final scene on the beach, actually. Mm. Uh, well, no, I'm going to... I think I want to put that for most important because it it feels like one of the first times like it's the gang acting being together right. as the gang. So I'll I'll put that one as most important and I'll I'll back up uh Brandon and Big Jim's um heart to heart. Yeah, I'm I I I wasn't into the Big Jim thing cuz I think Jim came <laughs> to him. Uh I'm going to so for me uh spoiler uh best scene for me is the end. Because, and it's actually, for me, also the most important. So I'm going to go double on that one. For me, and Tim, you made a great point about that scene being kind of out of context for what this episode was. And it may be in a different episode. It would have been a hit home. But for me, it cements for me, this is what this show's about. It's these six friends coming together. And yeah, this episode probably wasn't the right way to kind of framework that final scene. But I also think it's the best one. And I also think it's the most important one in terms of this is how this show's going to be in the future. So I'm going with that on both of those. Mm-hmm. All right, for most important, I had Brandon driving Miss Ranger home. That was the crux <laughs> scene of the whole episode. Uh, that's where he finds out everything that's going on. It leads him back to Jim, leads him off of Ranger, uh, and Sandy leaving. So it, it was kind of like the linchpin. It was drunk Mrs. Ranger, uh, Mrs. Robinson, giving Brandon the info. So, uh, All right, most 90s look. I went with Ranger's uh, purple windbreaker suit. <laughs> Um, I, I, a similar thing. I went with the old people colors in general because, and one thing, yeah, the one, my favorite one that I didn't mention was Cynthia Walsh having Aztec, Aztec, uh, cave writings on one of her collars. And <laughs> yes, she did. there's so many in this episode, but I'm, I'm kind of with you, JT, but I'm encompassing all the old people colors. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in keeping with the, the theme I had, uh, Cindy with her multicolored striped, <laughs> whatever outfit for the beach club that uh, the, Sean the, mentioned the, earlier. The it's Skittles explosion into plaid. The Skittles, <laughs> the taste the rainbow fit that's yes. going on with her is uh, unreal. 
Our most 90s moment, I went with Brandon and Sandy uh, riding the tandem bike by the beach. That oh, felt God. very 90s. That felt Right sick, down man. the boardwalk, down the beach, <laughs> right on the double mint commercial. It reminded me of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in that scene <laughs> they have in that movie where they're riding that little bike. That's what I thought of, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Tim. Sorry. I almost want to. I almost want to say, given given another uh, fashion, um, the, the, here's where I want to say just the old people dressed for the beach stuff for the for the 90s moment where just everyone looks so much older than they are mm-hmm. and it's you know it's not really a thing anymore like I mean. <laughs> JT, you and I are, are practically the age that a lot of the adults are in this episode now. And right. I don't think you'll see either one of us at the beach looking like that. So no, um, not saying I like how you left uh, Sean out of that. Sean's, Sean's, no, well, Sean's a little older. I don't than think that. he's. I don't. But think even he's even, even I would committing any. Beach at that. Yeah, yeah, you're not even committing You'd any have the shoes fashion. And socks. Yeah, I won't even on. have like sandals. No, this right. I'm just yeah, the shoes and socks notwithstanding. Um, in, the, in, the, in the pool like Frank Costanza. <laughs> um, for um, me, for me, yeah. the most '90s moment. I went with the teenage sex angst with Brenda uh, because hmm. this has been an ongoing theme with her now for a few episodes. And the fact that she had to build herself up to get comfortably in front of Dylan. I mean, and I, I know they broke up, but I think it was more around the angst of what happened during that whole thing for her. So I think that's very, very 90s and very teenager. So. Right. All right. Best lesson learned. I went with do your homework before making big decisions in life. Uh, Brandon did not do his homework on any of these decisions. He, he tried, but he was making decisions without having the full pieces of the puzzle um, across the board. So that was my lesson that he needed uh, to learn. Uh, for me, and if I look at it from a context of Brandon, uh, Dylan and Dad are always usually right. That was my yes, lesson. Yes. Yep. Um, find out how old your prospective love interests are, <laughs> rather than <laughs> dancing around and and taking the answers that you want rather than reality. I realize this means, um, you know, stalking someone's social media in 1991, which wasn't possible, but. You know, certainly there are easier ways uh, today to avoid this sort of predicament. Mm-hmm. All right, best hookup. I couldn't do Brandon, Brandon and Sandy because of the creepiness we talked about. Uh, so I wore Brandon and Ratinger. Uh, they, they, I, I would say their romance was hotter. Because, that, because that's not creepy. <laughs> that's not, that's well, not it was. I mean, when Brandon basically says, you can do what you want with me. <laughs> like, like, I mean, that was way more intense than anything with Sandy. It's like, you can have me, whatever you want. All right, well, just do well it. I'm going to be a very bad person, and I'm going to put the menage a trois between Jerry, Brandon, and Sandy. That's what <laughs> I put. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to put uh, Brandon and Mrs. Ratinger. No. Um, I was praying to uh, God nobody picks Silver with the 12-year-old because I'd probably – you know what? I'm going to pick Silver with the Oh, oh God. Because yeah. at least that's the one age-appropriate relationship. Right, they're both supposed to be. That's true, because Silver does look They're both great. 12 years old. Yeah, the Steve they're thing. They're both 12. Yeah, it makes sense with Silver. I got it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. even picked a terrible name for Ratinger. It just sounds so dirty, like that when is, you first heard it. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, quotes. It was, uh, I do too. I just didn't know he didn't go after mine. That was Jim about him taking his son. Our relationship is like the Grunion. No one knows if it exists. That was Brandon about him and Sandy. Uh, it isn't about my mommy and daddy's way or sugar daddy paying your bills. That was Brandon, which was a great line. Uh, for me, oh, uh, nice. the exact quote, I would probably, it was probably at the end because I'm such a Dylan mark where they're talking about Sandy and how bad that they feel that Dylan and Dylan's just like, she did it to herself. So it's really simplistic, but also it's <laughs> point to home that Dylan's the greatest thing of all time. 
So, yeah. Um, let's see. I think you had mentioned it earlier, uh, JT, but uh, Jerry Radinger, when he's kind of dumping on Jim, he goes, you can't make the kind of connections you need to make crunching numbers in the Wilshire district. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the only one we haven't mentioned is, uh, you know, when, when Brandon and, and Sandy are still kind of flirting uh, and getting to know each other, she she's sort of um, put off by the fact that, oh, you you go to you go to Beverly Hills High. You're a high school student. And he goes, actually, I go to West Beverly, but I can transfer <laughs> to West Podunk if it would make you happy. Awesome. I'm random. All right. Final grade. I went six out of ten. I thought it was slightly above average. It was it was kind of a throwaway episode. If it didn't exist, we wouldn't miss much. But I was entertained by it. There was some funny stuff in here. I thought the Jim and Brandon relationship really was the one that was most uh, came out of this with some momentum. Uh, this is in line. I, I had the same grade as like the cancer episode with Brenda with the breast cancer. Like it felt about similar to that. Slightly behind like you know Brandon uh, drinking. I had it the same as. Uh, Brandon and uh, the teacher was grading on the curve. Like, yeah, it was kind of, again, mm, the basketball okay. episode. Those are all like kind of throwaway, but you get a little exposition. They're entertaining to, to get up to like the six and a half, seven range for me. needs to be like momentum toward the overall story, which we didn't really have. Yeah. Um, I went five out of 10. To me, this episode has a lot of the similarities to my last episode, which I've talked a lot about with the rando chick of the week mm-hmm. um, with a lot of the same subplots of Brandon and his dad and Brandon not listening and, so I think I went five on that one. I'm going to go five on this one. For me, this is a bit of a placer hold episode with a really great ending to kind of cement where we're headed in terms of how this show is supposed to be with the friends and all that. So I'll go five. I am uh, I am also going to go five on this one. I think it's um I think it's a very good example of an entertaining bad episode of the series yes. where it's 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 a bad episode but it's it's perfectly watchable it, it holds your your attention it's oh, yeah. it's funny it's, it's unintentionally funny um so i mean the worst thing the show can be is like bad because it's boring because it's uneventful right. and that's not what this is i mean it's so over the top and all over the place and they're they're practically doing this weird neo-noir plot with Brandon and this romance and the and she's this kept woman the mistress of this older man it's just so wild um and uh it is so Brandon centric at the same time even though we we do get pretty much all of our other characters in here and at least a little bit um it's it's such a Brandon episode well and it's um, gonna sound we weird but like in a while I think they could have maybe stretched this. Um, I'm not saying I wanted it to stretch, but they could have beefed it up by thinning mm-hmm. the Brandon stuff into two episodes and giving us yeah, more media yeah. and other stuff. And then in the first one, he meets Ranger. He starts working for him. Maybe at mm-hmm. the end, he finds out about Sandy. Then we play it out a little bit more. As is, they felt like they crammed a lot in, and that led to some of these missteps that we said. But on the flip side, right, that's why it's it really something we want to see two episodes yeah. of. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah. know if we really it's, want to see it. Let's, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of grateful they just burned this one off. Right. Um, but to your point, that, that that would have helped the pacing, if nothing else, which I continue to be just um, awestruck by this this episode. I've, I don't know if it was the editing or what, but it was just so all over the place. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a 
bad early episode of the show that is is very very entertaining <laughs> um so i don't know i could i could see myself revisiting this one just for comedic reasons all right uh so let's get to our trackers we had a few songs here two by Don, the legendary donald fagan uh the goodbye <laughs> look brandon's impulsively dancing with sandy at work and then maxine by fagan when brandon asked sandy to the grunion run and then the other side of summer at the end on the beach by Elvis Costello. Uh, those are the three that are listed here. Uh, and then let's get to our other trackers, new characters. We had Jerry Radinger and Sandy. I don't know. Do we want to count the other tennis guy? He was kind of a background guy, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. Did he have a name? I don't think so. Um, and then relationships, we had Brenda and Andrea. I put down because I thought they're starting to form a little bit of a bond. You see them together more. Uh, Brandon mm-hmm. and Sandy, and then Brandon and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then places works. and things. I don't. Was there anything on here? I didn't. I didn't really catch anything. Yeah, we've done. We've done the beach club already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we spent time anywhere else really, other than the Walsh yeah. house, uh, West Battle, like, and school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's get to our character rankings for this episode. Um, I, I plugged in Jackie, Scott, and Nat as all zeros because they were not in this one. Yeah. I guess next would be Donna or Kelly. Uh, well, Matt's not. Oh, you already said Matt, right? Yeah, Jackie, yeah. Scott, and Nat yeah, all yeah. get zeros. Uh, I would. Mm, Kelly literally has like one line, right? Yeah, she's probably below Donna. We saw Steve mm-hmm. twice, three times. A few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'll be I'd a good. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly. Kelly, then Donna. Um, yeah. Then, well, Andrea uh, well, doesn't have, have much have going Andrea's, on. Either. We have we have David, Andrea, Steve, and Cindy didn't do a lot in this one either. So, like, those are like kind of the next four for me. Yeah. Mm. I'm kind of high here to start on from the top and go from there. I'm kind of high on David because he like sort of made the most of his few right scenes. Like he, you know, he, he gets in on, uh, he, he basically cons Kelly to giving him a ride to the beach. Um, which apparently she <laughs> followed through on. Um, and then he gets the girl at the end, which I mean, whatever, but right. still. So if Andre's is the bottom of that four, um, would you go Steve and David over Cindy? Because I feel like she really didn't Probably. do much at all. But she was in a lot of the scenes. She was at the beach club. She was in a lot of the arguments. Yeah, she didn't scenes. say much, really. She doesn't yeah. really do anything. Though. I don't know. I kind of uh, just like Steve. This one getting hosed by the fifteen-year-old. I feel like him yeah. and David. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So the question is: Is Cindy above or below the two of them? I think they're together. Steve and David. They I mean, have, have the same. I can see putting Cynthia. I mean, I'm just happy that she rocked out that little freaking plaid shirt and the Aztec drawing. I know. <laughs> but I know. yeah, yeah, I, get I would, it. I would put her below them. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Okay. And you like David better than Steve, Tim? Well, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. All right. So that gives us our top five. So we got Jim, Brenda, Brandon, Dylan, and Henry Thomas. Uh, do we want to put Henry below Stephen David? Or I kind of liked him in this though. I kind of liked him too. Um, Probably not. I think we got to put Brent. I think we got to put Brenda next, even though she gets more screen time than than the tier below her. Her stuff is just so bad. Like, 
It's. Uh, so you want to put Henry above her? Yeah. Okay. So he's Brenda, forward. then Henry. And then I think I'm going Dylan. Are we going Jim one? Would you guys go Jim one on this? I'm not wait, comfortable wait, wait, giving wait, it to Brandon. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not comfortable giving Brandon number one in this one. Uh, listen, I thought there were a lot of good Jim moments. Like for me, I like. I, I mean, I would say Jim just for the simple fact that. I really felt like he was a good, like mm-hmm. this was a good dad Jim in this episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so for me, I'm good I'd with go him one. first. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in lieu of uh, putting Jerry Radinger number one, um, I would I would put Jim. Yep. All right. And then, so do you want Brandon or Dylan higher? <laughs> I always vote Dylan. <laughs> I know. I yeah, know. I'm, it's hard. Um, it's a little hard to justify in this one because it is the Brandon show. So it is very much the Brandon yeah. show. <sighs> I think you got to go Brandon Dylan. That's my, my thought. Yeah. Brandon, Unless you want to fight it. You mean Brandon I, higher or yeah, Dylan Brand, higher? I would say Brandon higher than Dylan. Okay. All right. So Unless we have, you want to uh, fight it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd no, go I either way, but I had to be fair. <laughs> I think we're good there. I think we're good yeah. there. Uh, Tim, anything you want to talk about uh, going out there in the podcast world? Um, yeah, I mean, beyond uh, this podcast that you're hearing right now uh, on uh, 9021 No So, um, I do a couple of podcasts on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, and those being Talking WCW with my dear friend Jennifer Smith, former past guest of this very show, and Greg Phillips, and also PTB NXT. That's also with Jenny. And uh, Jacob Williams, who I would like to think will be a future guest of 9021 No <laughs> I think we got to plug him in here and, and force mm-hmm. him to watch some of this, some of this nonsense because uh, I really want Jake's take on some of this. Um, so that's, those are uh, my two, I guess, regular gigs. Um, of course, we are affiliated with uh, the North South Connection as well. Former, I guess you could say this is a spinoff from the North South Connection. Uh, podcast network where we also have uh, the journey through infinity. It's a somewhat irregular podcast. I'll, I'll put it that way, but that's another show that JT and I do together with uh, again, the aforementioned Jennifer Smith and our friend Scott Criscolo. Uh, stop me if you've heard it, former past guest of this show. Um, so yeah, we're a pretty incestuous bunch, I guess you could say, but um, we're all over the place, all over your, your podcast machines um but you can find all these shows on your preferred pod catcher app uh sean anything you yeah. want to put over yeah so um i used to be on a lot more pods i'm more part-time but there are two that i definitely want to plug um <clears throat> my main pod over on the ptb and wrestling feed nwa crock and roll um we're actually approaching episode number 50 um and where we're looking at the Jim Crockett history of uh the NWA and episode 50 will be a report from Starcast and uh it was great to actually have uh JT in uh Nashville with us um but yeah just a great time and uh Shiflet and I Scott Shiflet uh, my partner over there we're going to do kind of a recap of that weekend and all things uh wrestling uh most notably <laughs> uh rick flair's uh death match so uh i look forward to talking about that um and on and uh, one i'm really really proud of um that will be debuting on uh the sister feed of this one over on a north south feed that we recorded tonight our first episode is um the seven months of danger pod where 
Um, I am joined by uh, uh, Logan Crossland, uh, Scott Shiflett, and uh, Matt Souza, where it is a 20-episode uh, miniseries where we go through the history of the moments, the matches, and the promos of the Dangerous Alliance. So I am looking very forward to that debuting on the uh, No So Feed. Uh, I spent about eight months to a year researching the hell out of that time frame. So I'm really happy that we can actually make it come to life. So looking forward to that debuting. All right, let's get into our final rankings. We'll do season two and then we'll do overall all time real quick. Season two, we got Jackie Taylor with zero, Scott Scanlon with two, Donna Martin with nine, Kelly Taylor with 10, Nat Basuccio with 11, David Silver with 12, Steve Sanders tied with Andrea Zuckerman with 13, Cindy Walsh at 16, our top five, Henry Thomas, surprisingly up there with 19. <laughs> Brenda Walsh with 24, tied with Jim Walsh with 24. Dylan McKay at 25. And Brandon pacing the way here in season two with 27. That four spot for Kelly really hurt um, here tonight. Here's our all-time, all 24 episodes. Jackie Taylor in last place with 13 points. Henry Thomas with 27 points. Napasuccio with 61. Scott Scanlon with 66. Donna Martin with 90. That's our bottom tier. Up next is David Silver, kind of on his own at 139. Andrea Zuckerman at 156. Kelly Taylor, 179. And we got a real tight bunch here for a bit. We have Jim Walsh at 182. Cindy Walsh at 183. Dylan McKay at 185. Steve Sanders at 194. And then our top two, we have a shift. Brenda Walsh down to second at 267. And Brandon Walsh at 268. So that is that. We will be back in uh, three weeks' time as usual. We'll have another returning guest for that episode we will get into episode three of season two we'll continue to churn through the summer here exciting as always sean i want to thank you for joining us tim it was awesome to chat with you as always we'll be back in a few weeks have a little dim sum a little dim sum talk to you soon